At Her Spirit, we're here for you. We want to help you discover your potential, achieve your goals, ignite your fitness, find your community. Head to herspirit.co.uk and sign up for our core membership. Get access to our virtual classes, monthly challenges, expert advice and track your progress in our health hub. You'll also find your very own cheerleading squad who will support you every step of the way. Use the code HERSPIRITPOD3 and get three months completely free. It's time for you. Hello and welcome back again to our Her Spirit podcast. And I feel like the joys of spring are nearly upon us, Annie, don't you? Whew, yes, I do. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling really positive this week um, for lots of reasons. Um, and I think it might be something to do with the fact you're never going to believe this, um, Louise, never. But what? I've, I've stopped Go the on. sugar. I've stopped the sugar. Haven't had a cream egg for a week. Um, coffee one a day, not six or seven. I feel like I'm on fire. I, I wow. haven't come back on the wine. Did a little you? bit on the wine <laughs> early on in the week, but no. So it's so good. All good. Really, really, really good. How are you? Did you genuinely? Because so once once upon a time back in the day, I um I I tried to give up sugar for a month, and I can't, I'm talking about refined sugar. I know everybody has their own opinions about diets and all the rest of it, but I actually found it incredibly hard. But once I'd done it, life was a little bit. I, I mean, I, I had if you not had headaches or anything like that, I had horrific it's headaches. Quite interesting, you say that because maybe I have had a bit of a headache. I mean, I haven't been like really silly. Like if like Zoe made my daughter made um, a carrot cake, I'm not going to have a tiny slice. But you know, it was the obsessive eating of cream eggs that stopped, and I think that's what's really key. <laughs> I bet our next guest is sort of shaking her head at you. I know she'll have all sorts of views on that. No, no I mean, uh, go on. Cream egg. I mean, that is a sweet tooth. I mean, a cream egg. I mean, I, I can't even get my head around it. I mean, the minute that you lick that liquid inside, whatever it is, it's like, maybe it's me. I don't have a sweet tooth, but to eat a cream egg, I don't, I don't think I've ever finished a cream egg in my whole entire life. Okay. Meg, I've done three in one sitting. I've done three in one sitting. I mean, that's why I had to call it a day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, I I, I totally think you are on the right route. And no wonder you feel great this week. Meg Matthews, I want to I want to introduce um, people who are listening because they've heard your voice already. They might recognise your voice because I think you've got a very distinctive voice. The wonderful Meg Matthews is joining us this week on our podcast. And Meg, before we start, I kind of want you to describe where you are because you've got some lovely fluffy thing that you're cuddling. And then I think you've got a crystal. Take me through it. Okay, so I'm sitting here. I'm moving a lot. Because I woke up this morning with a bad back. So this is the reason why I am leaning on here. Um, I'm trying to basically see if I can get physio. I have this tendency to have this bad back. But um, yeah, okay. So with what you can see here is, yeah, this is a chair. Um, a nice a, white a, fluffy chair. Yeah, I mean, I will, uh, I should know the name of it, but it's um, it's some de- designer like um, an Eames chair. Right. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I can see. It's see, sort of like you know the one I mean. It's that sixties like, chair. It looks like a yeah. sheepskin with sort of wire at the back, yeah. and then you've got a very large crystal in front of you. Of course, just to keep me away from you, lot. <laughs> keep the vibes, you know. Then I have the wonderful, wonderful. Oh look, Ziggy, the dog, who's, who's my dog. gorgeous. Yes. Who's Ziggy, who's there? And then, um, you know, of course, I've got candles and, you know, oh my whatever gosh. else is going on. Yeah. Wow. My heaven. I particularly wanted to talk to Meg with lots of reasons, but um, because um, Meg, and you'll explain to us, you've just moved. And every day I'm seeing your pictures of you swimming in skin. Oh. So in your bikini sometimes, aren't you? In the beautiful North, off the North Cornish coast. And I have got proper terrible envy jealousy but on the other hand I'm looking at you thinking at least I can see that water (laughs) so just tell us what you've been up to yeah so uh basically back last year I sort of fell out of love with London and I have been there in Primrose Hill for like about 25 years so come on since the 90s and I really, my whole life had sort of changed, even before the pandemic, going out, 
you know, doing the things that London gives to you, it wasn't fulfilling me. So, you know, I used to always be like, all I seem to be saying is no to go to this members club, no to go to that members club, you know. And in the end, all I felt like I was saying was no to everybody. And it was, you know, if I walk around Regent's Park or Primrose Hill or Hampstead Heath one more time, I think I was going to kill myself. I mean, I'm so lucky to live there and, and I'm not denying that. And I was lived in a very beautiful place and I was a very privileged person, but it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me. I was feeling dead. And then within the pandemic, even though it was a pandemic, it basically made it, it available or it, it made sense that I could actually work anywhere. I didn't have to. Okay, I used to go into town, go to sew a house, do a meeting, talk, waffle, waffle, get in a taxi or drive, pay congestion, come back home, you know. And and then it was like, you know, we, we learned to use Zoom. We learned to FaceTime. We learned to basically do webinars. You know, I did QVC. I sell my products from home, from here, on Skype. I don't go into a QVC studio. I do this morning from here. So it was just like, everything was just like, wow, all I needed was an iPad. And then it just made sense. I just thought, right, it's not going to change. And oh my God, my low battery, I've got 10%, guys, I'm going to have to get. <laughs> keep talking because I've got to get a charger. Don't get a charger. Oh my God. You keep talking because we can hear okay. you. Keep yeah, talking. Okay. I'm just trying to get my <laughs> Okay. Here we go. Right. I can do it. Annie's going to ask you a question. Right, I'm back. I love this, Lou, because it's normally me, isn't it? It's normally me that is the one that's kind of got the technical problems. and We're back. Prepare yourself, Meg. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's fair to say it's been quite a journey. And I think what I love about you is you've lived so many lives in one. And I guess there are times in your life that maybe you'd like to pass on and not really talk about. But I think the wonderful thing about you is that you have done so many different things. And you've made this change in your life now where many people will go, I want to be in London. I want to be in Soho House. I want to be in Primrose Hill. And you've said, you know what, stuff it. No, I'm ready to move on. So um, it would be great to hear a little bit about how that feels, how that how it feels to have been that real it girl, about town girl, to now someone who has a very um, holistic and healthy approach uh, to life? Well, I think, first of all, to actually to tell everyone who doesn't know about this it girl, she was born in Guernsey. So the, co- the coast here is exactly like Guernsey. I was born in Guernsey. I was brought up in Guernsey till I was nine. Um, which is basically the same sort of friendliness and everything of the Cornwall coast, the same, you know, the same cliffs, the same sea. Um, and then I went, moved to South Africa and I lived on a wine farm outside Stellenbosch. And if anyone knows that, how beautiful that is. And so I was always walking barefoot, riding horses, swimming in dams. I lived in a Land Rover for when I was 12 for a year. I was in, I'll say, um, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Mozambique, um, Namibia, you know. So, you know, my outside life, nature is, is not a whole way of life, you see. So for me, it's like it was in me. I was brought up with all of this. Um, and the it girl thing came when I decided at like 18, I, I wanted to move to London and be a punk rocker and get it. And then I just fell into the music industry and into fashion. But, you know, if you imagine that my roots and, and what my parents and what I'd been taught and, you know, being on safari and like, even now when I'm like, walk around, I go, yeah, that's a great wooded, pe- wooded woodpecker. Okay. That's the, the green. That's a wren. That's a robin. I'm just. It's it's just what I was used to in life. So this is not this is not taking me out my comfort zone. This is bringing me home. This is bringing me back to my roots, and it feels right. And and just, there's no doubt watching you and seeing all your stuff that you you know you're really happy. And but that's a big thing to make a change because you're 55, and I love that you kind of celebrate that, don't you? Um, to make a yeah. big change um, at that age. As that's been important, hasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, of course, everything was in place. 
Anais turned 21 in January. She's at Camberwell School of Art. She'd moved into her own house with her flatmate. And I knew she was really happy and they had this great house. And, um, you know, she's, you know, she's got her amazing boyfriend and he lives in Dorset on a farm. So she's always, you know, in, in, on a farm and, or, or she's, you know, at Campbellwell, should I say, or, you know, doing her, her final year. So I knew she was happy. That was the most important thing for me. You know, it was like she'd left home and I'm in the family house and I'm rattling around, but also I just thought I can't do another another year of just staring at the same walls and, you know, and like I just said, doing the same walks and, you know, and most of my friends, uh, my really close friends, they are not there at weekends. They all go to their country houses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, weekends was like I was just sort of here, there on my own sort of thing. And I wanted to be near the coast. So for me, it was all about the sea because that's where I've been brought up all my life. So, and it just had to be Cornwall. And also, um, I have lots and lots of friends here. And that makes it very easy. It wasn't like I just packed my bag. Also, Meg, you're not the sort of person who is quiet. I mean, you are such a vivacious, you know, you make friends walking to the shops, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, already, (laughs) already. I mean... Already people are DMing me and, you know, and I'm already, I've been here a week and I'm, and I'm part of the mermaid swimming group and I've gone to the local, uh, amazing local coffee shop and sat there chatting with them all. Who's, um, a friend, who's my best friend, her daughter's boyfriend. So I've been managed to immerse myself, you know, everyone helped me here. They helped to build the beds. They helped to get me moved in. You know, it was, and, and everyone is so friendly. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, people are saying, you know, about Cornish people, like not being that friendly. I'm sorry if I'm upsetting anyone there, but you know, I, I've just found them everybody. I mean, I've only been here two weeks, guys. You know, it's, it's two weeks today. <laughs> is it? It's two weeks today. Yeah. Oh. So it's all it's been. Yeah. Okay, Meg. So every, every, everyone on this, well, many people who've been on this podcast, I don't know what it is about this podcast that attracts you crazy open water swimmers. I'm not one of them, it has to be said. Um, but tell us about what you're doing and swimming. I mean, okay, you've only been there two weeks, maybe the novelty will wear off. I cannot imagine going for a swim in the sea right now. My husband's a surfer. He'll say it's the coldest time of year in the water because because you've had all the winter and no time for the water to heat up. How long are you in there for? And and what drives you to go and get in the open water? Okay, so this isn't new to me. I was doing, in contact, doing it with Wim Hof about 10 years ago. Wow. Were you? Yeah, absolutely. So I was doing all the breathing. I was already had, you know, his books, listening to him doing ice cold showers. I've been doing ice cold showers every single day for about, about 10 years. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't a thing about, that's why I could just get in the water so easily. I mean, my other girlfriends I've got here that just were just like, they're in wetsuits from head to toe and they're just like, what are you doing? But for me, um, I, I also went through like before lockdown, I used to go to cryo chambers where it's minus 120 degrees. I even took my dad in and he's 78 and I thought he was going to have a heart attack. Uh, but he didn't. And, um, we were, we went in there. So you go in there for three minutes and you stand completely still and the less clothes that you have on. So you have your gloves, uh, you have socks on, uh, you have earmuffs on. And then, um, so I was doing that. So that's like a hundred minus 120. And so I was doing that as well. That was about a year before lockdown. But, uh, you know, this now is completely free. I mean, those cryo chambers are not cheap, by the way, guys. Um, so I was always already doing that as well. And, and, and for me, the reason that I do it is, is because I do suffer with anxiety and, it completely resets everything. It's something to do with the pituitary gland that we have in the back of the neck. It resets that and it resets you. So it's not like, oh my God, you know, you're taking something and all of a sudden you feel calm there or you drink a coffee and you spike 
and then you come down or you eat sugar and you go like this. When you come out from that swim, you're absolutely, for me, I'm really calm and I don't get anxiety and I don't get stress and I don't worry. So it's that's the reason that I do it. Meg, how long does that um, effect last once you've come out of the water, that sort of euphoric feeling and, and the, the, the lack of anxiety in you? How long does it last for? About six to eight hours. Right. Six to eight hours. So, that's, that's so good, every day if you have a reset, then you're pretty much OK, are you? Yeah, absolutely. Because I wake up, basically I have ADHD and I, um, my, as I don't know if people know that, that basically in the morning your cortisol levels are higher and then throughout the day they, they, um, tally off and then all of a sudden your melatonin kicks in and then, you know, then we go to sleep. So there's that, um, I can't remember, a rhythm or carrhythm or something clock. I don't know. Someone of you will, will know. You journalists out there, come on. Yes, I know. It's the circadian, circadian rhythm. It's what we discussed with, the, with the lovely Josie Perry, the, the psychologist who was on. So she talked a lot about them and they're really interesting, actually. Yeah. So I my cortisol levels uh, wake me up like this very quick and very fast. So around about, I mean, Louise will be able to tell you this, uh, around five o'clock, I am up and I'm wide awake. And it's part of my ADHD. So people just think, wow, you know, I'm just like this. But it wakes me up like I'm like upright like that. So that my cortisol levels are, are just boom. It's not a good thing to have, but it's caused from like lifetimes of stress. And I'm just sick of having that as well, because I have been through... A hell of a lot of stress. The uh, British press have not been the nicest to me over the years. Being in the public eye, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And um, so my cortisol levels are very high in the morning. So for me to go get out there and to get in that water, it, it really saves me. It really has. And that's why I used to have a cold shower. Um, and um, Annie asked that question, how long are you in for? I mean, because there's sometimes big swell and stuff. I mean, you know, it's not for the faint hearted what you're doing. At Her Spirit, we know how powerful women can be. We love your strength, your determination, your compassion. We love the energy that sparks when we connect and spur each other on. Her Spirit was created to ignite that flame of determination, to unleash your energy, to build your self-belief and to help every woman find a way to your healthiest mind, body and soul yet. We want to inspire one million women just like you to be active, healthy and happy because you deserve it. Head to herspirit.co.uk, join our core membership and use the code HERSPIRITPOD3 to get three months completely free. Join our monthly challenges, get access to the Her Spirit Health Hub and track your activity levels, mood, food, sleep and stress every single week with your own personalised dashboard. Get expert advice and join daily live classes that can be played back at any time. Plus, find the support that you need to get started and stay motivated. Just sign up at herspirit.co.uk and use the code her spirit pod three to get three months completely free. It's time for you. Um, no, I mean, everything is very safe where we go. I mean, who we swim with, there's a lifeguard. Right, it's yeah. not just like I'm just walking in anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a sea lifeguard with us. It's just part of our group. We don't say come along. She's just the daughter of of one of my best friends. And she's basically, they're all surfers. They all know the swell. They all know the tides. Yeah. It's like, you know, the low tides, the high tides. We went in the other day and the swell was quite hot, was quite, we went off this jetty. And they said, yeah, we thought the swell was going to be. And they were like nearly sort of, I don't know, you know, a few metres high. You know, and it's, it's, but you know, they, these girls, they, they're all from here. They know exactly what's going on. I'm not saying I'm just this London girl and I decide just to walk in anywhere. <laughs> I'm part of a group. It's all about a group that do it safely. Yeah. So how many, how many minutes are you in for? So, um, when I, the first day that I went in, I was in for, I think, three minutes to five minutes. Yep. 
And then yesterday I was in probably 10 to 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. So very, so you're taking it as everybody always advises us on this podcast. You take, you know, you don't take this, you, you, safety is an absolute priority and you take this slowly, don't you? Yeah. My dad pointed out, which I didn't know. He just said, if it's 10, 10 degrees or whatever, then you stay in for 10 minutes. Yeah. Once you go a minute over your 10 or your 12 or your whatever it is, that's when your body will, will not be able to cope. And that's my dad telling me that just on a phone call like two days ago. You know, he knows everything. He's such a fitness fanatic. I mean, he looks like he's 60 and he's what? I think he's 80 today. <laughs> but he does Pilates twice a week. He uh, plays golf, well, not at the moment, but three times a week. He goes to the gym, he swims. I mean, he's he's exactly like Louise is, okay? Because we all know what Louise is like. So he's like you. I don't get those endomorphines from running <laughs> 25 miles in a desert. I mean, I go to the gym because I have to go to the gym for my osteoporosis. But, you know, I've seen Louise get up and run and do whatever when we when we worked on that TV show together, you know, and I was just like, oh, lazy me. I'm just like, that's not true. So, so back in the day, the reason that we know we know quite a lot about each other, Annie, <laughs> was that Meg and I were on this. It was a show called Time Crashes. And we basically went, they pretended that we'd gone back in a TARDIS back in time. And we we bonded over having to wash clothes in urine, in pee. <laughs> That's what we bonded over. And I feel like we're bonded forever, aren't we? And we, do you remember, we had slept in this freezing yeah. cold castle, snuggled up together. Concrete. On, a, on straw. Bit of straw. <laughs> and we'd only just met. We'd just been plonked in that yeah, day. Plonked but the in. worst thing was with the urine, come on, yeah. it was all the crew's yes, urine that were been, watching us, they'd filming us. They'd been saving us. it, Annie. Yeah. They'd been saving it in the production office. So it wasn't just... It was stale. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, what, can, what's can we amazing? just clarify? Can we just clarify <laughs> what it, why you would use urine to wash clothes? I mean, there must because, be a jolly good reason, but I can't well, no, because me imagine what was. it is. Back in the day, in whatever century we were, what was it like? Oh, I can't even remember, Meg, that We one. were like the Tudors. We the, were the Tudors, of course. Back in the Tudors day, Annie, you won't know this because you weren't alive then. <laughs> they used to wash clothes in pee. Oh my god. It was like a, it was like to basically take the stains out. Yeah. It would actually the the uricic, the acid would yeah. take out stains when we were washing the anyway, whites. Um, the thing Holy that, you know, Shimoli, so, so, that's a good one to know. <laughs> I might try it. <laughs> I, I'm never going to try. You know it again. when you get a bit of red wine down a nice sort of white shirt or something. But you know, you know what, Annie? I I feel bad, Meg, because I I didn't judge you. But actually, no, I didn't judge you. I just always thought, oh my gosh, she's had such a cool life. You know, all that's you know all that sort of that sort of image you know that you have of someone that you know, and then you meet them, and you are a grafter. You worked so hard and you don't give a monkeys about what you do or what you have to do. And you're not just a grafter, but you come with this all the time, cheery. And then also that thing about waking up at five o'clock in the morning. You were just like on it. Anyway, we had a great time, didn't we? We did, yeah. But yeah, and I, everyone just thought I was being really good getting up at like 5am with all the production. But really it was like because, you know... I was wide awake, but I wasn't doing the running like Louise was doing. Like she would just get up and be going for the, her 10 mile I run. I did, like, didn't like, I? We don't, I think. Yeah, right. you did. You were running every day, wherever you could. Yeah. In, in Tudor times, you know. in the middle ages, I ran. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had the stone age, the iron age. Oh. I mean, we had the medieval age. We had the jolsters. I mean, when we look back to it, I mean, we can't believe what they went through. I mean, it oh. was phenomenal anyway. what we did. It was mad, wasn't it? And really yeah. fun. So, so yeah. Meg, I I'm intrigued to know. Um, I, I mean, I've had I've had different lives. I certainly have before I became an athlete. Very different life, and I never imagined I was going to be an athlete. And I was quite a big party girl, certainly in my teens, late teens. For you, she was Meg. I was. It's okay. true. But that's an, that's another <laughs> podcast that we'll we'll do one day. But what I'm interested about with you is you you know you live this life and you mix with you know some incredible you know talented 
musicians, famous people. Kate Moss was one of your closest friends. And then you made changes to your life. So you obviously parted. You've, you've talked about, you know, um, drink problems, et cetera, et cetera. But at what point did you wake up and you go, do you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to, was there a defining moment or was it quite a gradual process where you decided to go from this partying girl to someone who was going to live a much healthier lifestyle? Maybe becoming a mum had something to do with it. Yeah, see that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's it's when you're in it, you don't really know how big it is. You know, it's like you're in it. You don't need. So it's only really now that when I look back, I see how big. You know, I had a very colourful eighties with the acid house. And um, I must say that, you know, that it was very colourful. And then also the 90s. But when you're in it, I didn't know how big it is until I've stepped back now, until the years later. And then, you know, different... BBC did a programme called 1997 and they were talking about... And I just seemed to be pictured with Versace and then pictured and then being told that I was the third most written about person in the tabloids other than Lady Diana and the Spice Girls, you know, and uh, I had no idea about all this, but BBC Two did this documentary and, and I was just like, just seemed to pop up pictures of me everywhere along that way. I got married that year and then Gianna Versace died that year and then there was the Spice Girls and then there was Lady Di. So I was just like, oh my God, it was like... You know, it was, it was a lot, but I didn't know then. You don't, you don't think about it then. You're just doing your daily life. You know, you're not like, oh my God, this and oh my God, that. It's just what you're living then. It's only like years later that I sit back now and think, oh my God, wow, what a life I had. But I'm saving all that for the, uh, for the book. So I won't be talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I can help you write it if you want. You can tell it to me and then I'll write it for you. Yeah. Have you got okay, somebody to yeah, do that for you? Perfect. But you're a brilliant writer. No. Oh, okay, fine. Well, that deal. Um, I've just been, I've there we go, been Louise, reading yeah. your book again um, as well, which is all about menopause, and we'll come to that in a second. Um, so Anais came along, and then, because, you know, so many people will be li- listening to this podcast and at a period of kind of like change in their life, for whatever reason it might be, you know, uh, whether they're 55, whether your age or whatever, they might be changing their job, they might... Um, change can sometimes be a daunting thing. So, you know, given these kind of changes you made in your life, what advice do you have to people who are considering it or worried about change? Uh, well, when you say sort of change, I mean, we all have to know that things that we do that, you know, are not good for us, or we don't feel 100%. Everything was always the way that I felt. I was always, um, always games captain at school, always um, very sporty, came from a very sporty household. And so I know that when I do sport, I feel good. So that is that is something that's ingrained in you. So if you don't get that from an early age, I had that from being nine or 10, you know, doing lots of big, long walks with my parents and and then being at school and doing hockey and, and netball and, and everything. And you do know, and it, there's muscle memory and that mind memory. So I know that when I do that, that it's good for me. So of course there is years that I've taken off or six months I've taken off. But there is always that calling at the back of my head. And that's why I feel sorry for children nowadays, you know, that they don't have that. Sometimes like, you know, Anais, I took her from her school in London. She didn't even have a playing field. They had one netball court. And I was just like, I had masses of playing fields and I did cross. I mean, I was county shot put champion. I went to boarding school in Oxford just by Soho Farmhouse, but I was county shot put champion. Were you? Oh my gosh. And yeah, I was when I was like 14 and I did all the county trials and, you know, and I was so good at cross country and I hated it, but I always did it. So I've always had this background. And and when you go to boarding school, I was never that academic. But if you're good at sport, you got away with murder because if you were like great at the hockey and you're beating all the other schools, they would let you off Wednesday. They would let you off your prep. So, you know, I was shot put when it came to athletics and then I was hockey and then I was centre for netball and then I was cross country. So I made my way getting out of trouble for not handing in prep and homework by being being good at sport. You know, so it's it's always sort of been there. So when your sort of changes for me, it's just I'd sort of let that sort of thing go. 
I came from a very healthy household with my mum and my dad. You know, there was never a ready meal in the house. Everything was always grown. It was, you know, there wasn't desserts. We never really had chips or, you know, everything was home cooked. Always would go for the local grocer or being in South Africa, you know, the local butchers or whatever. It was, it was very, and I was a vegetarian from nine years old. So all of this input stuff is not like a sudden change to me. It's just in me to sort of, you know, be and do. And I know that like moving to Cornwall, it was a big move and, you know, and it, and it courageous and everything, but it just felt right. And every time, you know, when I gave up drinking and I, you know, I, you know, and, and I decided to, to, to become sober, you know, I haven't had hundreds of years of being sober. I'm human. I've had relapses here and there and I will be truthful. But I know when I don't drink and I don't eat shitty sugars and I don't eat shitty white carbs and I eat a healthy diet, I sleep better. I perform better. I don't get foggy brain. And especially when you're becoming into the perimenopause, the menopause and postmenopause. HRT is great, but it's a band-aid. It's about looking at your lifestyle. And we have one body for one life. Like one out of two women will get osteoporosis in this country. You know, two out of three women will suffer a stroke or a heart attack. We are overtaking men in the UK. Um, you know, like men that are eating 16 pints and eating pie and chips. Estrogen protects our hearts, protects our bones, protects dementia, diabetes. I mean, it's so important, but we have to start looking at looking after ourselves first. And I am saying little steps. I know, you know, I'm not saying to everybody, you have to just jump in there, you know, like couch to 5k, I think is amazing. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing it, Meg, because I've been, I had my I had a foot injury and I'm, I'm literally on week five. It's brilliant. Isn't it amazing? Brilliant. Three runs yeah. a week, walking, Joe Wiley chatting and, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, getting you through it. And I just think, you know, it's, you know, get your 10,000 steps in a day, start little, I mean, I'm talking to two athletes here, but, you know, it's all about, you know, it's just about knowing that, you know, what you're eating and just looking at, you know, uh, you know, I want to say like a clean diet and it's not expensive to eat, you know, to eat clean. It's not. I can go to Sainsbury's to the organic session and walk out with two huge bags of organic veg. It's just about a little bit of time, a little bit of preparation it's just taking time out, you know, except just gr- grabbing and snacking. And um, it's, um, and that's why I did the book to help people. And it's simple and it's fun. Um, Meg, a, a question from one of our amazing sponsors, Amanda from Medichex. She said she'd love to know what you think about the healthcare system and what it could do to support women more through menopause. And would you have found regular testing useful, do you think? OK, so this is going to be quite a long, long, a long answer. OK, within this country, I think we have 28 medical schools that train up GPs. Within that, they do seven years. They only get three hours in the morning or less. So it's the curriculum, OK, is not right. So three I'll, hours to discuss menopause, yeah? Yeah, that's all they yeah. get taught. And that is the old, all the old evidence. Evidence is moving all the time. We have all the, the, you know, the scares of the HRT, which came out in about 2002, 2005. That is synthetic HRT, which you orally take and it could crawl, cause clotting going through the liver. Our GPs have eight to 10 minutes. It's not their fault. They've never been taught. So our job or one of my jobs is what I'm trying to do is, is to lobby with Parliament to make changes. We only had... Um, last this September, last September, um, in the school curriculum, they talk about menopause and perimenopause. It was never talked about before. I'd never even heard of the word perimenopause when, you know, when I was 48, never even heard about it. And I was so upset with society that I was going through this massive change that every single woman in the world is going to go through this 13 million women in the UK going through it, 33 million in the US. And nobody, there's no help, but it's not our, it's not our GP's fault. Also, when you're talking about testing, in the NICE guide, which is the official guide, 
from the age of 45, you do not need to do a blood test to get hormone replacement therapy from your GP. But there is a there is a different there is synthetic and there is body identicals. Now that's not bioidenticals. Body identicals is regulated in a laboratory and it basically is a gel and you rub it on your inner thigh and then you take a progesterone. So we think of the estrogen as like the grass growing and the estrogen is the is the mother of all hormones. I mean, it's basically looks after your, you know, stops you getting a collapsed pelvic floor. That's why Tenor Lady is a multi-billion pound company. I didn't know that. You know, as you get to the age of 55 and you start to run or you're on a rebounder, you know, you have a little dribble here and a little dribble there. I didn't know that was to do with, you know, the lack of estrogen was stopping the pelvic floor, which is the whole muscles that run right through to the anus from the, from, from your, or, um, vagina. So basically, within all of this going on, there, you know, this is all new information. So the testing is you do not have to have that test. You, you can go to your GP, but people don't know what to ask for. Women, this is what I'm trying to say to women, we can't expect our GPs to know. So if you go to my website or go to my book, it's about knowledge is power. So take the time to you know, to, to read your 34 symptoms, to track, to look at them, write down on your piece of paper. If you'd got a phone call for eight minutes with your GP, all I did was keep bursting into tears and was put on antidepressants for two years. It wasn't their fault, but it was because my HRT was making my anxiety go, I mean, my lack of estrogen was making my anxiety go through the roof. The minute that I started to use body identicals, and um, the estrogen gel, within four days, my night sweats went. Meg, I want to stop you because there's so much to talk about here. But let's just, um, you mentioned the 34 symptoms. I want to talk about, and the book's brilliant. It's called The New Hot, everybody. And there's so much information in there. There really is in lots of different ways. Um, on the 34 symptoms, you said you had, I looked at them last night, and you said you had 32 um, I mean, you know, just just give us give us an idea, people listening, how um, being perimenopausal was affecting you. I mean, it, and because it, it's both mental and physical, isn't it? Let's go. Yes. Yeah. So basically, perimenopause can start from the age of forty and can last ten to fifteen years, which I never knew. Now, my three main symptoms was anxiety through the roof, foggy brain, and not sleeping. I didn't leave my house for three months. Now, those three symptoms would never have put the menopause. The menopause to me meant a hot flush, which I've never had in my whole life, and your period stop. Now, I was on the marina coil from the age of 40 to 45, changed it at 45, and then was still on Because cha- you change it every five years. Five right, years. Yeah, yeah. So I was one of those people that was on the marina coil that didn't really have a period. I had like a spotting, which wouldn't even wouldn't even put a Tampax in, you know, mm-hmm. it was that light. So I had never even known. The only time I'd ever come across the menopause was was um, Samantha in Sex in the City when she has a hot flush and she took the wig off and we were all laughing. But to me, my were all mental health issues. That did not add up to the menopause or even me make me think. All I thought was my colourful 90s had caught up with my nervous system. It decided now when my mum used to say to me, I'm telling you, Meg, this is all going to catch up with you one day. All this lifestyle is going to catch up with you. And I was like, whatever, you know. And then all of a sudden, I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, I've got foggy brain. You know, I can't even remember my daughter's birthday. I'm like, what? Where's, Where's the keys? Where's the phone? And doing talks like this, I'd be like, oh, I, oh, God, what am I talking about? And then the anxiety making me not leave the house for three months. So and that's terrible. That's very worrying, isn't it? Yeah. And mine, the reason I decided to use my platform and share is because I went to an AA meeting saying, look, I'm going to be 50 in three months time. And, you know, what the hell is this about? I might as well go and buy three bottles of Chardonnay because you know what, I might as well go and have a a bottle of wine because if this, I'm about to, 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 I've actually made it to 50, everyone. I've made it. I've, you know, I've got an amazing daughter, um, you know, financially okay. I'm okay. I'm healthy. I'm great. But I feel like I can't leave the house. I haven't left the house for three months. So I'm at this AA meeting. I'm talking away. I can't even drive my car. At the end of the meeting, a woman taps me on the shoulder and she says to me, 
I think you're going through the menopause. And I was like, yeah, whatever. That's the golden girls. I look great for my age. You know, whoa, I'm not like that. You know, I'm not got a grey rinse and I'm like hobbling around and I'm my nan. And anyway, she gave me her number and the penny dropped and I called her. So she told me all about body identicals. She told me about NHS menopause clinics. This woman from an a, a complete stranger just gave me this time and this phone call. And then I did it. I called my uh, gynecologist. I went in. I asked, could I get all this stuff? She said, yes. She said, I'll do your bloods now. So she did my bloods now. Within this time, I'd already made um, an appointment with my GP. Um, so I did this, but it does cost a lot of money. It's about £280 to see a specialist and four or £500 to do your bloods. So then I went to my GP. I put everything out that I had privately on the table. And the, the young girl said, I don't know. I said, well, type away in that computer. Get the little book out that you look up whether I can take this or whether it's available. And it was all available on the NHS. And also the oestrogen gel costs um four pounds because the nhs four pounds a month we spend six million pounds a day on um on on hip replacement and fractures and and brittle bones which is if you think one out of two women is going to have osteoporosis mm. it's a lot of money six million pounds a day but it's all about prevention and this is what everyone's talking about about now the british osteoporosis society the the Heart Foundation, you know, it's all about prevention. It's not about waiting, which I thought you were going to get five years to take HRT and then you wait till you're 57. It's about from 45 onwards, even if you're having a normal cycle. How do, how, so if you could compare that person that you were when you were in that AA meeting to where you are now, what, you know, what, how would you compare that? Complete, completely different people in some ways. Yeah, but also it's, um, I learned to, I, I did so much research into it and because I was so upset and I also knew that I was a select, I had a platform and I used my platform only for animals. So I knew that I could, you know, talk about this. So the person that I am today is I, I still have, you know, I still don't feel a hundred percent, but that's just age. You know, I'm not going to feel everyone. You're not going to feel like you're back, you know, like you're 20 again. But I got my life back. The anxiety was like, was able to be under um, more of control. I do take and, you know, there's no shame and taboo. I think this has to be taken out of the uh, menopause. And also I do take um, an antidepressant tablet. Um, not, you know, not all the time, but I've had times in my life or through the last six years that I do take one. And um, I don't think that, you know, there should be any taboo or shame around that. And that was from one LBC journalist guy I was listening to one day and uh, who mentioned he said he ended up in A&E and he takes one and it saved his life. And I was like, wow, you know what? I'm now going to talk about that as well. I'm going to be talking yeah. about being a recovering alcoholic. I'm going to be talking about there's no shame about saying, you know, oh, my God, you know, that you're on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication because there used to be all this shame around everything about you going through the menopause or, you you know, you're relying on taking, you know, or you're an alcoholic. Oh, my God, you know, or you're, you know, you're taking a antidepressant. Ugh. You know, we have all, there was all this stuff around. And that was like, that's what I felt only six years ago. I mean, I think what something that we learned when we interviewed Dr. Louise Newsom, the menopause doctor, I think that for me really rang bells, Meg. And that is the fact that, you know, apparently people think you can only be on HRT for five years or, uh, you know, a short amount of time where Louise Newsom said, well, that's absolutely rubbish. But the other thing I think that really stood out for me was when we went through the menopause, say, 60, 70, 80 years ago, we were maybe thinking that we weren't going to live, you know, we might live another 10 years 20 if we're lucky and now we go through the menopause and we want to live another 30 or 40 years and I think the the important thing about that is exactly as you said and this is key how is can you keep that... talking Annie when Ziggy is giving her a kiss <laughs> it's practice isn't it it's practice no no one can see what's going on on our screen but at the yeah, moment so Meg is being attacked by her beautiful dog at the moment oh, but I know so she's cute. taking everything on board I'm saying <laughs> I am listening. Yeah, I mean, Louise Newson is probably like one of, I I mean, 
I've learned everything from her and we've done millions of podcasts together and, and loads of talks together. So throughout my five years, it was like, it was Louise was the one who said, when I did her podcast, she said, uh, uh, and I'm with Meg Matthews, a menopause expert. And I said, you can't say that, Louise. I'm not. She said, you are, Meg. You know, you know as much um, as, as anybody else. So that, for me, made me feel quite amazing, I have to say, because she's amazing. And I, and I think, you know, uh, with these podcasts, what we always want to do is encourage and support women to find the best solution for themselves, um, whether that's HRT or, or, or other things. And I think one thing that was really key that Louise said, and you have reiterated this, that yes, HRT is absolutely brilliant for long-term health, but you have to look after yourself as well, right? And that's exactly what you're doing, that we need to get our sleep. We need to eat well. You know, we need to exercise. Look, no one's perfect. You know, you're allowed your glass of wine. You're allowed to go a few days with exercise, but it's HRT and all those things on top that are going to give you longevity and a good, healthy yeah. life. I, I mean, that, you know, what you're saying is right. It's all about, I mean, we need to put out there that it's all about movement. You need to move. And, and as human beings in the world that we are in today, don't move. You know, they sit here on Zoom all day, then they walk to the kitchen, then they get a snack, then they might just watch Netflix. You know, it's it can become, it's like, you know, get out there, go for a walk. You need to do this. You need to move for your body. It's just about movement and do whatever you like. If you want to dance, decide to put dance music on and dance for an hour in your kitchen. Do what you enjoy. Don't just think, I have to go to the gym. I mean, or have to run because I hate running. You lot love running. I just can't get my head <laughs> around it at all. Um, I will walk on an incline. You know, my cardio is not good. I'll be on a treadmill on an incline thinking, yeah, OK, I know that I'm burning and I'm OK like this. But, you know, it doesn't do that for me. But a hit class will get my, my cardio going. But I only discovered that in lockdown doing Richie Swan on IGTV. Before that, you couldn't have paid me to do a hit class. So just finding something. Don't you do lots of weights as well? Or am I wrong, Meg? Yeah, you no, I, I used to do. Yeah, I did in the gym. Then when it came down to lockdown, yeah, I managed to. I think it took me about four months to for weights to get delivered because there was like a, a, a weight that you couldn't get them anywhere. Um, but yeah, I do, I do waste, but then I also managed to, you know, do hit and notice that I was staying just as toned without having the weights. The reason that I do waste is because of weight bearing exercises. It's we good know. for bone density, isn't it? Bone yeah. density. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. But I am also very privileged and lucky enough to have a machine, which is like a, a, a pair of, um, just a tiny pair of scales that are white they they come from NASA and they're made for astronauts because astronauts get osteoporosis when they with there's no gravity. The same way as um, you know, long distance. I know this Olympic swimmer who does 10k. He also has to be careful if his bone density because he spends so much time in the water. Um, and this has been passed by NASA. It's scientifically proven. Louise has got one in her in in her uh, wellness center uh that's not me by the way it. everybody oh, yeah. <laughs> the other Louise Louise. Houston, it's 10 minutes a day it's like a power play but it's so right. i've seen you standing on it right? yeah it's like the water doesn't even not like a power play you know it's like just yeah. rumbles like this and that 10 minutes basically will stop you getting osteoporosis and also i was diagnosed with osteoporosis and i managed to turn it around in a year um which is amazing without taking any Western medication because I didn't want to, but I upped my estrogen levels until like I did six pumps a day and I actually did it at Louise's. And within a year of having a DEXA scan, I had osteoporosis and then I came out and it was with, wow. and that was in the yellow, which is pretty amazing in a year. And that was from weight bearing exercises, diet supplements and um, upping my estrogen levels. Yeah. I very excitingly, I mean, not, I haven't got a machine like that, but I have managed to find myself a 20 kilogram kettlebell. Oh, you <laughs> found really one, you're lucky. to get hold of, aren't they? I've only, yeah. I've only lifted it up about four times. But... 
I, need I to know, know weights <laughs> are hard to get. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm glad you said that because, I mean, I was looking everywhere and they couldn't find anything. No, but a friend of mine who goes regularly to Costco and she's been on it, she's like, right, they're in today. Actually, she got she yeah. had to get it for me. You know what? There are there are girls, for, for anyone like listening, going, oh, I can't get weights or I can't afford them, I don't know where to get them. There is stuff you can do without weights. So I'm a massive fan. Of, yeah. I'm a massive fan of press-ups. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I've done years of swimming and stuff so I can do full press-ups although I took some time out and I've had to build them back up again you can do press-ups on your knees you can squat there's so much that you can do and I'm loving this conversation because I'm really passionate about women staying strong I've seen the deterioration it's not a deterioration because my mum is absolutely phenomenal but lockdown has affected many people mm. and particularly more in that age group of the 70s and my mum is normally rock solid but over lockdown she has lost her balance a bit and we'll go out for a walk and I notice she's a bit wobbly in places so I've said right so a couple of weeks ago I gave her a really good talking to and I've got her on a mini program but this is really important for all women and particularly as you point out mate you know from 40 upwards you know we need that strength work and hit like you're saying I mean everything is free on YouTube now you you know like you say it doesn't cost anything I mean I would just say if you're going to do one thing is buy a mat because when you're doing your press-ups and and whatever there's a lot of stuff on your knees and your hands but I could do a full I got really fit and I lost um nearly a stone by doing a hit class for six weeks and 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 that was doing Richie Swan and it was 40 minutes only a day at 10 o'clock that's all it is 40 minutes is hit and like you say the press-ups you do them on your knees you can lean on a counter or you can do proper ones I'm like you I'm quite I can do 20 full press-ups no problem um but you know can you yeah yeah straight away yeah right okay that's gonna be right that's my girl Meg is to be more Meg but we're saying it's like, you know, against your kitchen thing, you can do them like that. You can do them on your knees. There's so, what happens with in hits, there's different ways. They'll show you three or four ways. Yeah. Um, we have to say, we must say at this point that anybody who's listening to our Her Spirit um, podcast must obviously check out the app as well because there are great um, strength and conditioning classes, classes there. There's yoga, there's all sorts of things as well. I've been doing some of the strength, strength and conditioning and you can see a big you know, a difference quite quickly, actually. Annie, were you going to say something? That was going to be my point. I thought this is the Her Spirit podcast. And and actually, you know, some of the sessions are absolutely um, amazing. If you are a person that needs to be guided and needs to join in classes, there's so much stuff on yeah. the app. They're really encouraging. What app? Um, Sorry, Meg, I want to what talk app? To... Can you say this? It's called, I'll send it to you. It's called Her Spirit and there's loads of free stuff there, Meg. There's oh, yoga, great. there's I'd all sorts of stuff. That. Yeah. We've got... We've got running, um, how to run. We've got cycling. I do live cycling classes, which were absolutely brilliant. I'm in the, I'm in the like the bike, the bike gang there, um, particularly. Um, I also want to ask you a bit about um, about sort of body image because you know, again, you know, we've we've been we had that hilarious time together, and you know, you you know, you're a little only a little bit older than me, but you know, you've got an incredible figure. Um, how do you feel about your body? Do you is it something that you worry about or what is it? Um. Well, I mean, when you're in the public eye, I mean, basically, I've got, oh, truthfully is, okay, within the 90s, it was all about being heroin chic and being like a waif, yeah? Super skinny. Now, I uh, genetically, is uh, is, I am very muscly. So all of a sudden now, I'm very in trend because I have a very muscly bum. I have very big quads. I I have calves. I am really muscly. And, yeah. you know, all of a sudden I look on Instagram, all these girls and I, and they're working, they've got all these butts and these, these thighs and everything. And I'm just like, my, got I'm already like, for the first time in my life, in my fifties, I am in trend <laughs> and people are, are commenting when I put a picture of me in my sports gear up and my sports bra and I'm in these leggings. Yeah. And you're and abs and you're abs, everything. And oh I'm my just gosh. making my bum move like this. Everyone's like, wow, wow. And I'm like, God, I haven't even done anything. It's just genetically at last I'm in vogue. <laughs> you know, it was like years of like, you know, really trying to starve myself. And I used, you know, to try and be this wave thing. And now, Everyone's like, wow, you look so fit, you look so fit. When everyone used to say that to me 20 years ago, I'd be like, no, don't say that, don't say that. I don't want to be like that. But now it's in trend. So you know what? 
what come i'm now i'm just like wow it's great i'm like you know oh that's so nice yeah (laughs) Um, Meg, we've got a question from from Sarah, who is one of our listeners, and she said, across your career so far, what accomplishment are you the most proud of? Meg's menopause, number one. Going to uh, number 10 Downing Street for getting Lucy's law passed, which took nine years to stop puppy farming and um, live animals in pet shops and being actually in the garden and being addressed Brian May and me that, you know, we'd done this and we got this Lucy's Law passed. Um, but Meg's menopause, I suppose, amazing achievements. You know, Aeneas is a massive achievement. Yeah, I think they're, they're them, really. I don't know. I just find I have achievement even, you know, I feel if I, if I you know, go on the beach and pick up a load of plastic, I just feel, you know, every day. You don't have to have main achievements. These huge milestones, I think, in your life. I think it's just what you feel within yourself. The thing I'm the most I feel is when you can get that actual joy, that inner joy, when it's not by materialistic things, it's where you get that joy and that belly laugh. There's nothing better than that, I I sincerely think. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's what we had on that <laughs> when we were together, the yeah. belly laughs we had in the most ridiculous of circumstances. Um, I love watching all your stuff about Aeneas as well, because you're clearly really, you know, I know that, you know, you, you have to be a mum, but you're also, you're clearly good friends as well, aren't you? Yeah, we, yeah, we are. We're very, yeah, we're very good friends. And, uh, you know, we have a great relationship. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I was always a very strict mum. I must, I must say I was really strict. So, cause Aeneas could have grown up this very entitled child with who her father was and me and where she was. But I'm, you know, I was very strict about all of that sort of stuff. It was always sharing stuff and not being spoiled. And, um, you know, I don't, so many people come up to me and it makes me so proud. They always say, we met your daughter. She's so polite. Her manners are so nice. She's always very helpful. And she just shot the Coca-Cola campaign last week. So she just shot it. She, she, what was her role in that? She was, she's the photographer. She's basically at Campbellwell's photography. Yeah, yeah. It's all on Instagram. It's all on Coca-Cola. Yeah. Very proud of her. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Because she was nervous. I mean, it was the first time she'd been commissioned to do a shoot. So she had to go in the studio with all these people and be there all day. And she just went on her own and she had an assistant. She'd never done anything like that. You know, and she did it and she did it. Yeah. And we know what it's like when you go to a shoot, about all what's going on. It was her to direct and to be that person. Wow. And, it's I'm a big, so and it's a big job at, at, yeah. at, a, at a pretty young age as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I'm just very proud of her because they put the pictures out already and they look great. Oh, and tell me about and when you were going through menopause. She, I mean, I've seen her tease you about it. What, what, what did she tease you about? It what was, did she say? I think it was the fish pie, wasn't it? The, I think it was uh, fish pie. Fish yeah. pie. So basically, um, you know, I just had that foggy brain moment, and I went into M and S, and I was just like, you know, what the? I don't, I don't know. Look, I don't know what to buy. And then, and then Ines was just a bit like you know, at making a joke, you know, well, why don't you just buy seven fish pies and we'll have fish pie every night? And I remember throwing down the, the thing and bursting into tears and going, what do you think, that I'm not a good cook or not a mum? She's like, no, you're not a good cook at all. What are you trying to do? Anyway, you know, and I'm not a good cook, but I would have laughed it off any other time, you know, and I just didn't. And I just burst into tears and thought it was the worst thing anyone could actually say to me, but I am a rubbish cook. And, you know, I am, you know, and, uh, but that, at that moment, it was just like, you could, I could have been like a, a, a Michelin star chef and, and that she just, you know, ruined my career. Yes, the was, thing is, I mean, I think bizarre. that's the thing. What the, the insight I get from that story, and I've, you know, I've been in similar situations because of, you know, feeling menopausal, all those things that I didn't know was going on. Um, just doing, just being totally out of myself. Uh, in a completely in a way that I'm not over emotional and and crying for absolutely no reason whatsoever and t- taking things terribly seriously like that which are not serious at all and then, I mean anybody no. who's feeling like that they you know they need to realize that that's you know if it's if they're not being their normal self then just investigate whether something else is going on 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to remember like sort of screaming, but I was just because I was, you get this sort of rage of anger. I mean, I'd go in and go, and there's your bedroom. But it wasn't really that bad. It was just this, would these emotions from crying one minute to really angry the next minute to, to can't cope, to anxiety. And all this is happening. And you just put it down to life and stress. And as us women, we're the CEO of the households as well. So everything is relied upon us. And if we don't share with the family, don't talk to our kids or our husband or our partners or our girlfriends, what is going on, then they will never have a clue. So it's about bringing up this conversation. And now that children will know this at school, and it should be an open, you know, an open book, uh, an open conversation. When I'm in a black cab and someone says, oh, Meg Matthews, you know, no Gallagher's ex-wife, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So what are you doing now? I'm like, Meg's menopause. Oh, no, too much information for me. No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like to the cabbie, no. Yes, Why yes, is it yes. too much information? Then at the end, as I get out of the trip and I've talked him through, he's like, I've got three daughters. He goes, all in their 30s and early 40s and I have a wife and I'm going to go home and I'm going to make my wife a cup of tea and I'm going to talk about all of this so you're you know changing what? lives oh. by doing that what an amazing yeah. story that yeah. is <laughs> to get through to yeah. happy you know with 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 some crazy bird talking about the menopause I mean you probably changed his wife and, his, do- his, and his three daughters and his yeah he had no clue about the menopause he just went no 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 too much information Meg I said well you asked me you wanted me to talk about some other person my ex you wanted me to talk about this I'm going to talk about what I'm doing now and you know what Brilliant. You should be allowed to be able to. You should be able to talk about what you like talking about. Um, just a quick. I'm going to let you go in a minute because I know there's surf out there. You've got your lovely Chanel surfboard behind you, which is I've got a surf and look, it's beautiful red, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah, it is, and it's. Uh, yeah, I actually bought it about ten, fifteen years ago, um, just because I saw it and. Basically, back then, I used to be a bit of a shopaholic, as it's probably, it's all out there anyway. And I saw this in the window of Chanel, and I went in and I said, is that for sale? And they were like, well, I don't know. I said, well, could you go and ask? And they said, yes. And then they said, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, I'm going to take it, because I'm sure that it's going to be an investment in time. Because they, they <laughs> only ever is. made, yeah. And now I'm you here still in got it. And I've still got it. Have you surfed on it at all? no. <laughs> I, I, that's the one thing I have to admit to is I find surfing. I've tried it so many times. I can boogie board. I can bodyboard. Yeah. But jump. I can do it on the sand. I can do the jump. You know, get the train. The minute you get me in the sea, I can't get up on there. I mean, can't yeah. You? It no. looks like a good board. I mean, I I can surf, but really badly. And Anley's husband is a massive surfer. Well, well, I was going to say, and and Dave and your yeah, Dave, Dave surf. So yeah. why don't we send Dave and Louise down and and to, to teach Meg to surf? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I might have to take you up on that, guys. Um, listen, Meg. So before you go, and we have been asking people on the podcast if there's any kind of like. Um, top tips for people who are listening for their best life. Have you got any kind of top three or four tips that you would give people? I would just say um, le- top tips is, you know, listen to your body and 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 take on what is going on. Talk and share, I think, is the most important one, probably. Whatever's going on, share, talk, pick up that phone, talk to your girlfriend, talk to your family, you know, just because like me, I shared something and I got all the answers back. So I think if you talk is probably, I'll say talk is the most important thing, I think. Um, Listen, it's such a pleasure to chat again. And you too, to see you once again. We always (laughs) laugh when I do and when I see you. I don't know. We have something. We did that hello photo shoot. And if you would have been there, it would have been so bloody boring. Sorry. Wouldn't it? I mean, we had a laugh. Your daughter so was there. Fun. She was so much fun. Oh, yeah, we know. Annie, we did this. It was really, it was, yeah, like you say, it was really fun because you were there, Meg. You and I basically, there was a, it was, it was a menopause shoot. Can you believe this was actually happening, Annie, for starters? It was in Hello. And Meg and I, we arrived really early in the morning, isn't it? And all we did was chat and laugh all day long. Yeah. They somehow managed day. to put some makeup on us, you know, while we were yeah. still chatting. And I remember lying on a great big double bed with you. For yeah, I know. I mean, they were like, you know, having all these people, everyone's taking it very seriously, weren't they? They were yeah, all they posing. Were. Me oh, and yeah. you were just like, I was barefoot yeah, in this yeah, yeah. leopard skin dress. Everyone else was all very, you know, macular and, you know, 
Oh yeah. yeah. Well, listen, oh. you're a superstar. I'm going to come in as soon as I'm allowed. As soon as I'm released and we're allowed yes. to come to Cornwall, I'm coming down. I'll come and see you. Okay, please you can take do. me somewhere cold for a swim. Definitely. <gasps> Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you, Annie. Lovely to chat. Lovely, Meg. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. You take care. Thank you for having me. Bye. Yeah, you too. Oh, Meg. Honestly, she's such. She's such a. She's a laugh, isn't she, Annie? Oh, she's brilliant. She is. And it's funny because I think with all our guests, we kind of, you know, it starts out and you're getting to know one another a bit. And then, you know, you kind of heads towards like the end and you're just thinking, oh, I could sit here now for all afternoon and chat. All that stuff about being, you know, really good at uh, athletics. And was it Javelin? She was good at shot push. I shot can't push, remember. Anyway, amazing. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, I just want to thank everybody for your continual support here. Um, if you want to follow us, please do. We really appreciate it. And I've been going through, Annie, um, various... Because I, I'm listening to a couple of the podcasts at the moment and went through all the... Um, the reviews on one of the, I think it was on Apple, actually. Look at these. It's so lovely. This um, is from Anna Exercise. She calls herself. Thank you, Anna. Best podcast out there. Yes. Uh, just listened to four episodes back to back. Oh, my God. Absolutely brilliant. The interaction between guests and both of you. I want to be your friends, too. Anna, you're officially counted as one of our friends. Um, this is from, oh, this is from Rosie. Rosie's running. Um, she says, I've never been particularly fit, but this podcast has really inspired me to get moving. I can now, age 47, she says, run 5K, having never run before, and I love it. Every week, Louise and Annie and their guests give me the boost to get healthy and strong. Thank you for listening, Rosie, and good on you. I'm still some way off my 5K, but I'm getting there. Yeah, but you've got a good reason. I tell you what, um, I'm going to just do one more as well because there's another one and it just so happened that it was one of my favourite podcasts and we're allowed a little favourite one even though we love all of them. So it's from Deb who says, uh, a massive thank you. I'm a huge fan of Kate Moss and so am I reading her book right now. Absolutely love it. And made a point yeah, of... different Kate, Kate Moss to the one you mentioned in this podcast. Very different. It's the one, the one with, with the an e, e on the end. The author one. The best-selling author. <laughs> um, and she, uh, the, a lovely Deb says, she made a point of visiting Carcassonne after reading Labyrinth. So so it was a joy to listen to you all today. Aww. You never disappoint. I'm now going to share your fabulous podcast again with all my friends. And by the way, mini cheddars are definitely the way forward. <laughs> Thanks, Deb, for that. That's lovely. Oh, don't. You're making me hungry. I'm absolutely starving. And we're going to talk about Leeds Try because there's a big... It's going to, it's going to happen, fingers crossed, et cetera, et cetera, isn't it? And uh, on her spirit, we'd like people to join in. Well, we would definitely, um, Lou. And let's hope that we'll be back there because we've been working there for the last couple of years doing various things with lovely Deborah James and all sorts of things. So it's great to see that events are starting to look like they're going ahead. But you're absolutely right. We've got the um, Her Spirit up and coming events at um, spring, summer challenges. It's absolutely brilliant so if you are interested to come and join us in Leeds on the 5th and 6th of June for the triathlon or a swim on the 20th of June as part of her spirit summer solace swim um, and don't forget also we have monthly tour to her spirit rides just go to herspirit.co.uk and all our programs and information are there there's a whole lot going on isn't there Louise it's, it's getting exciting oh no it is I'm, I'm just beginning to think that some of I've had another one cancelled this week but you know events may happen we might we might get to see each other this summer annie imagine that no hugging no may they are happening they are happening <laughs> i'm not going backwards from here it's forward all the way <laughs> listen i know you're working this weekend on super league have a great time enjoy it and i'll be watching on the on, not on the telly but on somewhere wherever i can find it not to laugh bye bye Hi, my name's Mel Berry and I'm one of the co-founders of Her Spirit. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. These podcasts would not have been made possible without the support of the brilliant MediChecks. MediChecks offer an easy and affordable way to check your health with their simple and personalised blood tests. From hormones and nutrition to cholesterol and diabetes, there is something for everyone. Just go to MediChecks.com to find out more. Have a great day.